Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Off the Hook. Airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at offthehooksports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Welcome to the program as we are joined by Amanda LaFrada and Ethan Stone, day two. And uh, wow, yesterday was something interesting. As uh, in case you haven't had a chance to go back, uh, Ethan and I were turning the burn and Amanda was creating this uh, fantastic video overlay. So that was day one of Off the Hook Sports, day two. And we're ready to talk some Tennessee baseball. Also, Aaron Donald gets uh, really, really rich and more so a lot to get to today. Let me start, ladies. First, Amanda, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Ethan, still kicking it. Not a college student anymore. I saw the announcement on Twitter. Uh, Man, you got a lot of friends on Twitter. I'm impressed. (laughs) I wouldn't say that much, but I've... I don't know. I was usually uh, not too talkative during college, so it's pretty amazing I made uh, as many uh, pals as I did. But but yeah, I'm happy to be done. Yeah, Ethan is our um, ear to the ground when it comes to Tennessee athletics. He's got some good stuff coming out. Uh, coming up on Georgia Tech. Also, if you go to offthehooksports.com, you on can Notre see... Dame. Oh, I said Georgia. I knew I would do that <laughs> with did. the gold. I knew I'd do that with that with the gold on Notre Dame. And um, also some uh, podcasts you can listen to with John Adams, Josh Ward, uh, Jacob Warren, current Tennessee player, uh, Cooper Mays. And we're going to be joined by Craig Cobb, who played baseball for Tennessee and also played baseball for Farragut later in the program. We thank you for listening and watching. And uh, please check out our YouTube page and subscribe and you will get notifications notifications are always good whether it's twitter or not so you can see the latest content we've got coming your way and ethan has a great great series uh the top 25 most important balls i'm not sure that he'll make a lot of friends with that series uh whenever you rank somebody that tends to happen um but i think that um i think that you'll enjoy enjoy the read so where are we now ethan and where are we counting down to where are we now currently we're 24 is that right i believe we're at princeton fant right now is is currently on the site but but today will be Danico slaughter going up on my own page and then uh obviously princeton fant will be after that i believe 22 will be coming out soon obviously i'm not going to say who that is but it's a tease it's a tease that is a very good tease you'll just have to uh find out (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's, he's uh, certainly learning, and 
uh, Amanda joins us, and uh, we will uh, soon uh, be having a, quite an event that we're excited about uh, there at Zool Beer downtown. And Amanda, you talk about awards. They've, they've won best hazy IPA in the, the world, not the, yes. con- the county, not the state, not the country, but yeah. in the world. That's pretty darn strong. Yeah, um, our Rhymes Like Dimes. Uh, Hazy IPA won gold in the World Cup of of beer. Um, who knew that was a thing? But yes, we won gold, and we beat out over three hundred other like breweries to win it. Pretty strong, pretty strong. Okay, Notre Dame, Notre Dame this weekend and the Super Regional. This uh, from SB Nation to give you a little bit of a preview. Um, yeah, the ACC is absolutely a power conference, uh, kind of like a bunch of Tennessees running around up there. But uh, Notre Dame is not a hard-hitting baseball team when it comes to home runs. They're actually more of a pitching team. John Michael Bertrand, uh, he uh, had a, a great season. He's the ace, so you would certainly expect to see him in the first game, a 2.39 ERA. Uh, also, Jacksonville transfer Austin Temple uh, provided a huge lift uh, to the starting lineup, 3.19 ERA and in 59 innings. So this is a really, really good pitching staff. And I'll turn to Ethan Stone. I want to ask Craig Cobb about this as well, because Craig Cobb uh, was a pitcher and I'm just curious, Ethan, since you've seen Tennessee all year and covered them closely, what have you seen uh, from the balls in terms of going against top pitching? I mean, obviously, the, they hit the ball really well, but when they go against the best pitching, how have they done? Any any examples you can cite? Specific examples don't jump to mind. I feel like Cobb will be uh, will be really good at this sort of thing when you ask him. But Tennessee hasn't had trouble hitting the ball against anybody. Uh, I mean, they're number one in home runs. They're top ten in batting average for a reason. Uh, this is just a team that uh, one through nine, the entire lineup, they have the ability to hit the ball really well. Um, going against top teams in the SEC, I know Florida has a good pitching staff. Uh, I mean, you can just name anyone at the top of the SEC right now. Tennessee probably beat them in a series, except for Kentucky. You could say Tennessee beat them in a series if they played against them, and all of them have good pitching. Got to have good pitching to play in the SEC. And uh, Notre Dame especially, they, they're they just such a different, I guess, animal than what Tennessee has played so far in regionals. Campbell and Georgia Tech, obviously, two really good hitting teams. Georgia Tech, I believe, had the best batting average in the nation. Campbell was right up there with them. Campbell and Georgia Tech both hit home runs at a very high clip. And for Notre Dame to be quite the opposite of that, I believe seven or eight in the country in ERA, uh, it's going to be quite the change of pace. So Tennessee's really going to have to, not necessarily for a lack of not having done it before, but they're going to have to batten down and say, hey, things are going to change here. We played two teams that played totally different than, than what we're going to be going up against this season or this weekend and, and what, in my opinion, was an underseated Notre Dame team heading into uh, regionals. Uh, um, Amanda, a column I'm working on, that I would like your your thoughts on that's going to post on offthehooksports.com later today is, is this team too uh, 
too exciting, too in your face? Do they cross the line? Obviously, what what brought this to my attention would be the bird flipping, rounding second, and talk to some uh, Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays about that. You can listen in. And um, I think it was Cooper who said, that's just who this team is, and you're not going to be able to change them. How do you think that sits with the average fan? And first, how does it sit with you? I think most people, um, when it gets to stuff like that, nobody wants to see that in, in any kind of, you know, sporting event, any kind Are you of. You're talking about the bird specifically? Yeah, specifically the bird, but everything <laughs> else that Tennessee has done, I mean, they just have swagger. They just do. Um, you can't be that dominant and not have some kind of swagger to you. I mean, they're exciting to watch. Um, they are up in your face, but I think that makes them who they are. You know, Ethan, I look at this team and um, I think to myself, if they were in the major leagues, they might be in line for a comeuppance because we know how strong the umpires are in Major League Baseball. That union is incredibly strong. If they wanted to come lock down on you, they could. They could essentially cost you a World Series if they really wanted to. And I think that has happened before. I think they're that strong, way too strong. But I don't see that in the college game. I don't see umpires circling them. Now, with that being said, if I'm an umpire, and I I was an umpire for about seven years, I, I... I would have my eye out. I, I would look for stuff like that because you don't want it to escalate into some sort of confrontation. So th- they do need to be mindful of that from a pragmatic standpoint. Yeah, for the most part, you got to say this is just a, a bunch of sub 22 year old dudes playing a game. You know, I mean, it's still there's probably no place for that in the game when, when it comes down to it. But I, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you 100 percent. Eventually, you know, if you do it enough, uh, people start taking notice. Now, I agree with your analogy that in the MLB, you might be able to, you know, I guess, lay down the law with that kind of stuff. But college, I'm just not sure they care enough, you know, because I feel like they realize for the most part. Uh, these these are still just kids, and they're guys that just sent their team to the Super Regionals, and, and while it may not be, you know, what I would have done, what a lot of people would have done, you also got to realize they've been battling for a couple hours now, three hours, and, and they just, you know, all their hard work just paid off for them, and it, I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to... Uh, I guess go in and justify that sort of stuff, but but from an athlete's point of view, you can at least slightly see where where they're coming from. I feel like Amanda. When's the last time you've given the bird or gotten the bird? Ooh. Um, <laughs> well, since you know Tennessee drivers aren't the greatest, I no no. You, actually, you haven't been to Ohio. That's a whole nother level. Uh, but go ahead. I have. I've been to Oof. Ohio many times yeah it's called merge right is what yeah. it's called get it's over. really bad yeah it's okay. really bad but you'll get the bird at, at occasionally a time or two here in uh, knoxville especially with my alabama plates oh, true ethan last time you've given or gotten the bird it's been a while. Like I said, I'm a pretty soft-spoken person, so I don't get it from many people. And I can't remember the last time I was angry enough to uh, bestow it upon somebody. So I can't even remember off the top of my head. It was probably at some point driving, too. I think I'd second what Amanda said. Yeah. 
Um, I, I've, I can't remember the last time I've given or gotten either, but my favorite uh, memory about the bird is always my grandmother when she couldn't get over. And I remember we were down on Magnolia and uh, there my grandmother gives the one finger salute. And I'm like, uh, I'm like six years old and I'm like, Nimi, what does that mean? What is that one finger thing that you held up mean? What I don't understand. And why are you so angry? That was called Nimi Road Range. It wasn't. Yeah. wasn't I give really. the gas. I give the gas station the bird. Uh, gas is a little expensive. Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. telling me? Yeah, every time, or I feel like actually it's giving me the bird every time I fill up on yeah. my my tank. So, yeah. For the record, when you give the bird, are you like a knuckles out or are you knuckles in? I'm a knuckles in. Like when you. I don't, I do, I do a this. <laughs> this or that? You do a no, what? I do what a is this. that? What is that? Okay. So have you ever seen, you've never seen Friends? Ross and uh, I actually think that's the most overrated television program in the history of America. Okay. Well, first of all, at Zool tonight, we're having a Friends uh, trivia night, just FYI. But You guys also have a Seinfeld trivia, don't you? We did. We already had it, and it was packed, packed, packed. But in Friends, okay. I'd that win was that. The bird. I'd win that. Yeah, uh, I'm actually, you know, given uh, the, the the work that we've all put in over the past couple of days, my plan is to go visit uh, with with some people and then watch Top Gun again, um, and and just um, so that I'm gonna do whatever that is to the world for like two and a half hours and go full rooster on you. Have you all yeah. seen that yet? Have you seen the movie yet, by the way? have not. Oh, have not. I don't want I need to get, get on any, that. I don't want to give anything away, but it's uh, phenomenal. Uh, some, uh, some more news that we'll get to. Uh, first, I want to remind you that uh, Off the Hook Sports Dave Hooker brought to you in part by City Heating and Air Conditioning. East Tennessee is so fortunate to have honest, dependable heating and cooling services since 1961. City and Air Conditioning has been the standard of quality HVAC installation and service, along with customer satisfaction and service in East Tennessee. They've got a team of expert technicians, and I hear they're hiring. They're experienced in both residential and commercial projects. They can handle existing residential, commercial, HVAC installation and service. They're awesome because they're honest and they have integrity. And that's uh, pretty important in my book. A couple of uh, other notes that I wanted to get to off the top before we get to Craig Cobb, who will join us, former Vol. Aaron Donald returning to the Los Angeles Rams. Th this is one of the smoothest athletes in all of sports. So he basically just rolls out there. Aaron Donald, a defensive tackle for the Rams, who is probably for the last four or five years been rated as the highest rated player. I didn't say defensive tackle player at his position for about four or five years, according to pro football focus. So he makes 40 million, he gets a $40 million raise over the last three years of his existing contract. So smooth. He played like, I might just retire. I might just retire. Uh, that's according to sources uh, telling ESPN's Adam Schefter. A uh, little inside note for you. It's because his wife works at the NFL. But anyway, um, so 
He's the no. first non non quarterback to eclipse. It's easier to break stories when your wife's running the fax machine. Yeah. Um, it's uh, he's the first non quarterback to eclipse thirty million dollars per season. Okay, I'm going to change from the old fuddy duddy um, that I may have started the show with. I think he's underpaid. I think, I mean, if you watch football the right way, if you watch the fronts, I mean, the guy is the most dominant defensive lineman since the late Reggie White. I agree. I agree. He He's, I don't know if underpaid, I would go with underpaid, but um, if you can, if you can compare his salary to what they've given Kirk Cousins, then yeah, he's underpaid. Because my God, Kirk Cousins, really, really. Like, Aaron Donald is a way better player than Kirk Cousins you like ever that. thought about being. Yeah. You like that? You like that? Oh, God. I can't even. All right, we're going to get to Craig Cobb right after this. Stay tuned. Former Tennessee pitcher. This is uh, Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. Go to offthehooksports.com for more coverage of the balls that we think that you will enjoy. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. to own the more that owns every job then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's we like to say no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive it's worth the drive. Off the hook. Oh, we're going all over the place. Craig Cobb joins us now. Uh, Craig wearing his Tennessee shirt on a <laughs> Tuesday. Former that's Tennessee. Right. Yeah, that's strong. Former <laughs> Tennessee pitcher, Farragut pitcher, even though it's Josh Ward and we don't hold that against him. So, uh, uh, Craig, um, did, tell me about this Tennessee baseball team, man. I mean, it just has been – I kept wondering if they were going to peak too early. 
but it has not happened. I mean, they just keep seemingly getting better and more clutch. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really incredible what they've done um, really ever since, you know, the 2019 season. Um, you know, so I, I don't think they've peaked yet since then. I think they were going to be really good in 2020. Obviously, they were great last year, and this year they've, you know, kind of taken it to new heights and, you know, by by all accounts have had – a historically great season um, just in the history of college baseball with what they've done at the plate and, um, and on the mound um, and their record reflects that. So, I mean, I think they are an extremely well-rounded team. And I mean, I have, you know, playing in the conference for four years, I don't recall seeing it running anybody as deep as they are, you know, even on their bench, they've got a ton of guys that can come in and deliver clutch hits. And, you know, it doesn't really matter who they bring out of the pen. It's going to be somebody that's, it's a really good arm, and, and that's just extremely rare. Yeah, Craig, we were talking about this earlier, and I, I want to talk X's and O's and be on the diamond with you. But we did have the bird flipping incident over the weekend. <laughs> so, I mean, everything's great and everything's good. But if that happens and Tennessee loses, you know, it's a totally different storyline. But just in general, where where does it cross the line for you? <laughs> Um, probably you know, nowhere think, knowing you. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I'm fortunate that uh, our games are not as televised and there was no Twitter back then. Um, uh, cause I'm sure I probably would have offended some people, uh, <laughs> um, on the, on the mound, but, um, no, I mean, it's just that they fully embraced, you know, kind of what they do. Um, you know, obviously the, the just middle finger thing was probably spur of the moment. I'm sure he probably doesn't even remember doing it in, in the heat of the moment, but, um, you know, I mean, they're they're brash. They, you know, they're good. They back it up, and you know, that's kind of their identity. And you know, as a Tennessee fan, I love it. I'm sure everyone else hates it, but um, but you know, overall, they're really good. I don't really think they take too much. You know, I, I really don't think they take it too far in today's game. Uh, I just think they're intense group of guys, and you know, they that's kind of how they get up, and that's just the way they play with kind of that chip on their shoulder, and um, they just play extremely hard and compete you know, the entire time. So that's just kind of who they are. And uh, I've, I've loved him or learned to embrace it. Yeah. I, I know Amanda's going to jump in here. She's got some questions for you, but I want to ask you the same thing I asked her and I asked Ethan Stone as well earlier. And that's when is the last time you have given or gotten the bird? <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually got it with my son in the car. Uh, someone oh, passed no. me on the, uh, <laughs> Someone passed me on Westtown Mall on ramp uh, in the shoulder. Apparently, I wasn't going fast enough. Uh, They're passing. That's firehouse. what we were just complaining about, too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So no, no, it was someone in a big old truck, and uh, you know, he he honked at me, passed me on the shoder, flipped me a bird, and and you know, did about a hundred on the onto the interstate. So uh, that's probably like a month ago. <laughs> did he go? Did, do you when you go bird? Do you go thumb? Or do you go knuckles? Out or knuckles in? Uh, I probably knuckles out. Knuckles out like the that's like the high school bird. You do the thumb out too? No, no, you got to touch the thumb. Okay, okay. Well, I'm I'm a knuckles in. It makes my finger look really really long. Sorry, man. I know you're gonna jump in there. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Um, so this team is is really dominant. There's they don't seem to be stoppable at any point. Um, do you see a weakness in this team at all? Any position, any any kind of, you know, errors, anything that you see that could be their downfall? So I, I think we saw a 
a glimpse of it in the regional. Um, I mean, at times their defense can, I don't want to say be shaky because they feel it at a pretty high clip, but um, some of the errors we made over the weekend were, were pretty unforced and just kind of, there was really no pressure to them. So I think sometimes we can make untimely errors. Um, and really the one thing that scared me about Campbell is we do not hold base runners at all as a pitching staff. And so, you know, I, I think that is something people can exploit. Um, I did notice that uh, Dolander seemed to uh, – he seemed to be a little bit quicker to the plate. He's still slow, but he seemed to have a, an abbreviated leg kick from the stretch, I thought, on Saturday night um, in the regional. So I think it is something that maybe he started to pay attention to. But uh, but him and Burns uh, do not hold base runners at all. Um, and And what that does is that turns a walk into – a double, you know, essentially. And then they could hit a ground ball to second base, ground ball to shortstop and, and score a run without a base hit and the ball never, you know, never leaving the infield. Um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of chipping stuff together and we're, you know, kind of searching. But, you know, when you have a team whip of under one, they don't really allow a lot of people on base. So, yeah. um, you know, that's one way to mitigate is just not let guys on base. But I do think the inability to hold runners for some of the guys, it's not everybody, but, Dolander and Burns are the two that come to my mind the most who seem like they're very easy to run on. Yeah. Is, is the, uh, Go ahead, Amanda. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, when when you have a team like this, it's hard to find, find flaws. There are some, but they're very, very minuscule, I think. As far sure, as yeah. Concerned. I mean, I ha- having three first round, having three first rounders on the mound is, a, is an easy way to, you know, to mitigate some of that. But, uh, yeah. you know, we're just – if we're trying to find something that you could point to as a weakness, um, I, I do think that's probably the one I would go to. Craig, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit better versed in football than baseball. So I'm going to lean on you here for a second. And my question is, is not Tennessee this year, but Tennessee next year. You mentioned the first rounders. You mentioned the guys. Now with the NIL money, guys can stay and have a heck of a good time. I mean, you had a good time in college. I had a good time in college. Um what do you what do you hear when when you talk to people about the potential that some of these guys that have options to to leave could stay an extra year? We're already starting to see some of that in in basketball. Yeah, I mean, I would assume Beck and Gilbert could come back, but they, I mean, they're not going to. They're projected high enough in the draft where it still would not make sense for them to do so. And you know, being a little bit older in baseball, you know, you're they're we're probably not too far away from what major league teams think is their prime window. So, you know, I don't know if it benefits them at all to stay in college. They really don't have anything left to prove. Um, And so I I think they're probably gone, you know, unfortunately Lipscomb and, you know, um, Luke are out of eligibility. Russell's out of eligibility. So I think you're going to lose a bunch of guys, you know, to more so to eligibility and just being extremely high round draft picks. Um, I think a guy like maybe Cortland Lawson, his batting average isn't great. And obviously I don't, some hiccups in the field this weekend, but I mean, he's, he's been really good this year, but he could come back. So, you know, is he, it really depends on what he wants to do. Right. Like, does he, does he get drafted at all? It's a compressed draft from what it used to be 10 years ago. There's fewer rounds. So, um, you know, is he going to come back? I I don't know, but um, you know, Ortega is draft eligible. You know, you hope he, he comes back as well, but you know, you, you know, you've got Dolander Burns and Bean back, um, I would assume Kirby's going to come back and, 
you know, you're going to have to replace Sewell and Walsh and, and probably Joyce. Um, you know, I assume they all three of them are, are probably going to be gone, but I think the NIL and the open transfer and as good as we've been and everyone seems like we're having fun, I, I think Tony will be able to, to replace them either with his recruits or, or through the transfer portal. Um, Cause he's, he's a very good recruiter as he's, as he's proven and, and they're able to develop guys. So I, I think, I think their track record now will show where it should be easier to get recruits and, um, and, and be a really a big destination in the transport portal. Yeah. And as far as expectations, you know, fans are expecting this team to win it all. And uh, that that's just the amount of, I've never been around a team like this. that's had that much hype in, in any sport. So that's where fans are fair or not. What, what are, what are actually fair expectations Craig, for the, for this team? I don't think that's unfair with as good as they've been. Um, I mean, they seem to have been not bulletproof, but um, I mean, they're just so well-rounded. I think they are going to have to play poorly and someone is going to have to play extremely crisp um, and kind of top of their game and no mistakes to, to beat them. That said, I mean, now you're down to essentially the best 16 teams in the country. So everyone we're playing is going to be good. Weird stuff can happen. Um, I mean, just like last year in Omaha, you know, it seemed like we were hitting balls right at guys and other teams are getting choppers over our heads and dribblers. And, you know, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. But um, I think it's a different team this year. I think they're much deeper on the mound than they were last year. Um, you know, I, I expect them to to beat Notre Dame and get to the World Series. Um, I think that's I think that's extremely fair. And, you know, I, I like our chances once we get there. How about that? I like that. Uh, yeah, I th- I think it's going to be exciting. I actually think they're they're carefree is not the right word, but their attitude helps them in Omaha. While while they could have peaked early, gotten tight, I don't see this team getting tight if we're facing like a global disaster. I mean, I just don't see them ever getting tight, Craig. No, and I, I think they've got the benefit of most of those guys were there last year. And so they they know what to expect. They know what that week's gonna be like. They know, you know, what well, they know what this week's gonna be like. They know what the travel and practice schedule and all of the you know, all of the pre tournament stuff in Omaha is like. Um, so I think that's I think the experience will help them play better. And and honestly, I, I really think they're so much better on the mound this year. Um, I mean, Chad Dallas is great this year, but in all honesty, he's, he'd be our Sunday starter at best this year. Um, you know, he's not better than Tidwell. He's not better than Dolander, uh, probably not better than Burns. And, you know, I, I'd give him and Beam kind of a, you know, a toss up. I mean, but he was, our, he was our ace last year, you know? So I, I think that's really where it sets us apart. And the lineup I think is a little, probably a little deeper this year. Um, I mean, obviously everybody's got, got 10 homers uh, plus. So uh, the power is real, uh, but I really think we are so much better on the mound, just higher, more higher end arms. Um, and then you bring in Kirby and, and Redmond and, and, and Sewell. So now you're offering different looks and obviously you can bring Joyce out, you know, blowing gas uh, that, that nobody else kind of has in their back end. So um, I, I really think in the mat, in the, uh, pitching staff is where there's a huge difference, but the experience is going to be huge. 
uh, from last year. So that that's one reason I really like their chances. Where would you be on this pitching staff? Would you be the ace or second or? Okay. <laughs> uh, e- Ego would say I would have fought my way in somewhere, but uh, I mean, it's crazy. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that I played with, I talked to, I mean, you know, when I played with Luke, he was, you know, he kind of sat 94, 95. And I mean, Georgia Tech's okay, blowing right. a guy out here, you know, going 98 to 100, you know, rocking a six ERA. It's just like, is this guy any good? But he's throwing 100, you know, and Campbell's guys are throwing, you know, <laughs> mid to upper 90s. And it's just like, these guys are at Campbell. <laughs> I mean, the, the game has changed. The training has changed. Like Campbell's guys would have been blowing 88, 89 when I was there. Um, you know, it's just the amount of velocity everybody has is it. I, I, I have no idea. And that's just, you know, that's crazy. But hey, Redmond, Redmond's throwing low to mid 80s like I did. So he's, uh, that gives me hope, makes me happy when he's in. <laughs> a low to mid If you wouldn't have said that, nobody would have known. Right. You, <laughs> well, if you just said, if you just said low 90s, I would have been like, oh, that's correct. Oh, no. It's, I, I, I think I threw exactly 80 poo. Is is what it is referring to. So <laughs> um, slightly above. I think it's right above eighty point two. Is eighty? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, that's perfect. Um, I know you're doing fantastic things in the business community. For those that don't know what you're doing, go, go, go ahead and get everybody caught up because I know you were kind of fan favorite back in the day. Sure. So um, I, I've run a real estate development company uh, based here out of Knoxville that um, develops affordable housing across the Southeast. Uh, it's kind of the industry I've been in since 2010. And, um, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's always interesting dealing with uh, all sorts of government, but it's uh it's something that, that I believe in and something, um, you know, that's I've gotten into and it's, you know, we'll continue to do it and hopefully do more here in Tennessee. Is that your lovely daughter down downstairs? Uh, that is, uh, I think that was my three-year-old son screaming for for something. I'm glad oh. you could hear that, though. <laughs> oh no, that was awesome. That's that's called that's called real. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. got real on it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Greg, certainly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Already on a Tuesday, rocking the orange. That's uh, pretty awesome. And enjoy the weekend, man. It's it's really cool for me to see guys like you that maybe didn't have the best set of circumstances because of the administration now get to enjoy, and I'm not calling anybody out like you probably would, but and get to enjoy this. I think that's, I think that's really awesome, man. So in, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the following weekend and uh, we'll probably hit you up again next week. That's all right. Yeah. Sounds great. Enjoyed it. I appreciate it. I thank you. That is right. uh, Craig Cobb. Nice enough to join us. We'll bring uh, Ethan Stone back in here. And I thought Ethan, frankly, every everything he said was absolutely 100 uh, percent accurate. I mean, this this baseball team, you know, we talk about Notre Dame's good pitching and that that sounds good. But, but Tennessee is one of the best pitching teams in the nation and they hit. It's just yep. um, all around pretty pretty insane team yeah when i was going on my diatribe about notre dame being a really good pitching team earlier i glossed over the fact that tennessee has the number one era in the country (laughs) well notre dame has number seven so so even in the arena in which notre dame might be able to get a bit of an advantage here uh, tennessee still hasn't beat it's it's just the nature of the beast Certainly uh, check out our friend of uh, Big Orange Phillies. Gary's done a great job of putting together some 
uh, quick bites and they have darts billboards they've got a lot of entertainment karaoke the menus through the roof or whether it's a philly sandwich or a hamburger whatever you choose they've got exceptional food right there in halls it's very easy to find big orange philly you can find them on facebook where you will see an interview with the one the only john adams and uh, again big orange philly certainly check them out it gives people out in maynardville and halls which i have i've lived in that area a great venue to drop in and have a family environment that's a lot of fun a great food and you can uh, go out there and shoot some stick uh throw darts play cornhole it's a really good time so uh big orange philly check them out on maynardville pike uh in halls after this uh, we will uh, put amanda and ethan on the spot stay tuned this is off the hook sports with Dave Hooker. Don't forget to go to offthugsports.com and always, always subscribe on YouTube. More after this. To own the more that owns every job, then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. All right, we're back with uh, Amanda LaFrada and Ethan Stone. And guys, we're going to try something different here. Are you ready? Are you excited? So excited. Want to hear the excitement? Yes, uh, off, off the hook take, so we'll get to that right now. And guys, want to start uh, with a few quick questions, your thoughts as we've touched base on some of this, but uh, let's run them down. Is it okay to flip a bird during a sporting event, yay or nay? Is that a no? No. That's a no. Ethan? I'm no. Uh, it depends on the circumstances. Most of the time I'll say seventy-five oh. percent of the time I'll say no. But there's oh. there's times I, I would I would say yes, but for the most part I would say no. I'd agree. No. I will say no. Is Aaron Donald underpaid? He recently got uh, a pretty big boost of uh, I don't know, about forty million to his contract over the last three years is he underpaid or is he worth it or is he overpaid defensive tackle for the los angeles rams 
Worth it. Definitely worth it. If you compare other contracts, I'd say he's underpaid. But if, I mean, as far as money goes, he's definitely worth it. Yeah, I'd say it's right about on the money. I mean, he's he's dominant, so he, he should deserve to get the the uh, the spoils he's getting right now. But I will say uh, I think vastly underpaid. I I know that sounds crazy, and Amanda's giving me a hard time because let's face no. it, anybody playing a game. Why do you think that's underpaid? Why do I think it's underpaid? Or overpaid? Sorry, sorry. I I don't think it's overpaid. I think they make a lot of money. So I, saying he's underpaid would in, like it insinuates that he doesn't make enough money, but he I mean he makes plenty of money. Comparatively speaking, though, to other people in the league that maybe shouldn't make as much money, then he would be underpaid. Jimmy Garoppolo um, apparently is going to be traded. They, the San Francisco 49ers sold the quarterback. He does not have to participate in conditioning because if he gets hurt, then it's harder to trade him. Will he ever be a bona fide starter again, Jimmy Garoppolo? I do not think so, me personally. I think it uh, depends on if the college quarterbacks keep coming out dual threat and that keeps not working in the NFL, then possibly, but he's too injury prone. And when he's not injured, he's not even that great. I mean, he makes a better subway spokesperson than he does a quarterback. Well, that's very true. I, I would say that um, I think Janine Garofalo has a better chance of being a starting quarterback uh, than Jimmy Garoppolo. And when I say starter, I don't mean like two people. I didn't know if Ethan would get that joke. I thought that might be a little old. For, did you get the Janine Garoppolo joke, Amanda? Do you know who Janine Garoppolo is? I have no idea who Janine Garoppolo is. Oh, my gosh. She's hilarious. Very Ethan, do you know? I'm going to be honest, I don't. I just thought it was I, funny how you said it. I thought you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have no idea what it is. Let's, let's hope the audience got more of the reference than you two did. So, um, uh, she's a comedic actress. So that's about it. That's the extent of the excitement of it. Um, but as far as being named a starter, I just don't see that happening again. Could I mean, could somebody get hurt and then he is the starter? for a couple of weeks or the rest of the season or whatever the case may be. Yes. But I don't see anybody putting their trust Amanda and Jimmy Garoppolo as far as their entire franchise. No, I don't see any team investing in Jimmy Garoppolo's future. I could see him being a backup and then possibly coming in when, like I said, one of the dual threat quarterbacks takes off and runs and gets hit by somebody real big. Um, he could come in and take their place for even a couple of months, but I don't see anybody investing in his uh, future with their franchise. No, I think it would. I think that would be a little much. I, I'm going to ask this question, but I, I pretty, I, I believe I know both of your answers. Uh, is it a disappointment if the balls don't make it to Omaha if they don't advance this weekend? I mean, it, it has to be right. Absolutely. Yeah. Omaha, most definitely. College World Series win, I, I'm still on the fence about it. But Omaha, yeah, they got to make it to Omaha after this. It, it'd be shades of what Arkansas did last season. Had a fantastic team and didn't even make it to Omaha. That's that's the exact same thing that would happen here. There'd be outrage about it, I feel like. Maybe not outrage is the right word, but people would be disappointed. 
Well, I love what agreed. And I love what Craig said. I mean, former players are oftentimes a little bit more conservative when it comes to picks, but he said he doesn't think that's unfair expectations at all to expect them to win win the national title. I, I haven't heard many former players say that about a team, kind of put pressure on a team a little bit. I, that that doesn't happen a lot. That, to me, speaks volumes when a former player would say that. So I think the, I'm going to go with him. Those are fair expectations to win it. I will be disappointed, and I think fans have a right to be disappointed. And, again, I can't believe I'm saying this if you don't win at all. I mean, it's it's kind of, Amanda. I know you're an Alabama fan. It's kind of like Alabama. I mean, Alabama had a great season last year. Overcame a ton of injuries. Uh, were able to plug in another receiver when they lost. I think 58 to the previous year's draft. They lost like 500 wide receivers to the draft, and they found this uh, guy named James. Plug him in. They have injuries at linebacker. They do all this. If you looked at that and you said and you didn't have Alabama's history, you'd say that was a great season. Great. Yeah. But given their history, how do you describe it? Uh, it was a disappointment, to be honest. I mean, it it really was. It was just and I think it was more of a disappointment just because of all of the um all of the injuries, I think, is what made it a very big disappointment. And it was losing Jamison Williams. It was losing, uh, you know, Mechie. It was in in key critical roles, like in key games, we lost them. And I think that would that made it such a disappointment. Um, but are were we as talented on you know on the football side of things as Tennessee is on the baseball side of things? Or as dominant, I I don't think so. Wow, that's a that may be a column on offthugsports.com later today. Um, <laughs> so certainly check that out. Since you're probably online right now, unless you're listening through your streaming service, whatever that might be, and we're on Spotify, Apple Music, the whole nine yards, and you can click on any of those. Uh, notations. I think they call them, uh, what are they on? JPEGs or what are the fancy icons? What do what they call them, Amanda? You, you, you made our, the little things that we can click on there to listen to us exactly, the Facebooks and the, what are, what are they called? Those are icons. I, um, that's what I thought. Those are icons. I you, yeah, an icon of making your pet happy is our friend at Craft Treats. Craft Treats is based right here in East Tennessee. <laughs> Do you like that transition? I saw the smile, Amanda. It was nice. Hey, uh, thank you. Craft Treats makes your pet happy. Amanda is a huge pet person, so I'm going to be sending you some gifts from Craft Treats. And uh, Craft Treats uses full-spectrum CBD, so it can treat situational anxiety i didn't know if we were going to have a show today because my dog was going berserk because there was a thunderstorm so uh i gave him some of that do you hear it he's fine he's a lot quieter than craig cobb's son i can tell you that um so <laughs> when it comes to the chill pills it's great for anxiety also inflammation amanda i know you like to keep dogs until the bitter end you may have some dogs that have arthritis wow it's, wow. it's a, well, yeah. What? You may have some of those dogs. 
Okay. So, so, that, <laughs> so if they have arthritis and you know Amanda's dogs have arthritis, then she's six. Yes. She's six. Then you need to go to crafttreats.com again, crafttreats.com, and we will attach a promo code so that you can save 15%. She's six or sick? She is six. Oh. She okay. is not sick, and she looks like this. Just. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a dog person. So, yes, yeah. I wear her yes. on my shirt. She's ornery or elderly? She is not either one. Well, right. yeah, full she's spectrum. Go to crafttreats.com. Crafttreats.com. They've got the barley bones, great holistic uh, food that your dog's going to love. So uh, it's all right there for you. Uh, coming up, uh, we will visit with John Adams, who will be a part of the program today. And that's brought to you by our friends at Zool Beer and also. Uh, brought to you by our friends at Files Automotive, brought to you by our friends at Big Orange Philly. We want to certainly thank Midnight Oil as well. Uh, he's Ethan Son uh, and Amanda. I'm Dave Hooker. We're going to get to that interview with John Adams, uh, brought to you by Files Automotive and brought to you by Big Orange Philly right now. So here it is. Here's John. Welcome. He is John Adams. I am Dave Hooker, the esteemed journalist, John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel and the USA Today Network. And our conversation today brought to you by our friends at Viles Automotive Group and Big Orange Phillies. If you haven't tried Big Orange Phillies, you need to do so. Great food located right there on Maynardville Pike, 6625 Maynardville Pike. Easy to find. Go to Facebook to learn more about them but you talk about fantastic food darts pool and the best part is that it is a family environment and i love that and then right down the road you've got files automotive group i stopped by to see gary and blown away they have cars i don't know what they're doing different than other places but they have cars files automotive go to vilesautomotive.com check them out they're on callahan uh, they want need and appreciate your business files automotive john adams joins us and kind of like the fiscal year when sec spring meetings begins john and uh, here we go uh it, it kind of is beginning and i can't remember a more eventful spring meetings can you well no you don't normally have feuding coaches that's always a plus you had jimbo fisher awesome. nick saban uh, they didn't continue their feud there. It's almost everybody's moving on now, as most coaches like to do. Uh, yeah, I, I covered my first spring meetings way back in, I think it was 1979. It was in uh, Gulfport, Mississippi. Yeah. And I was thinking this week how much things have changed. It's so different now. It's so much more business like, more corporate like. They used to have a hospitality room there. Um, at the spring meetings and coaches imagine this football coaches basketball coaches uh drinking and playing cards together <laughs> no uh, with the media this week i don't think so um it, it's a completely different environment now and it used to be the coaches would stay there for most you know three or four days now they fly in fly out uh they're all making too much money to stay down there. 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's not in their socioeconomic status. Uh, they need no. to get someplace a little, uh, I don't know, but maybe uh, somewhere out in L.A. Uh, the, the big thing that has been discussed is scheduling. And when you bring in Texas and Oklahoma, John, I, I don't know that everybody's going to be happy. As a matter of fact, I go ahead and guarantee you that everybody's not going to be happy. Um, but I do want to focus on one team in particular. And I like your, your perspective on these sorts of things a lot because you know the conference. I, I look at the, the permanent opponents that matter. as Georgia, Auburn, of course, longest-running rivalry. That's great. Tennessee, Alabama, that's an incredible rivalry. Do you keep those two, and you have to keep permanent opponents across the board? If you're the commissioner of the SEC, would you do that? Because the rest of the permanent opponents, let's be honest, they don't really matter. Florida LSU is kind of cool because they're both usually uber talented. But if you were the commissioner, would you keep permanent opponents? Probably not. The main thing I would be looking for in scheduling I want more SEC games. I would like to have a 10-game conference schedule. And then you can get play two teams from the MAC that you can be up on 42 to nothing at halftime. Uh, but I would prefer to see 10 conference games. I would like to see you play more teams more often. I don't really care about the alignment, whether you use pods, divisions, or what everybody seems to be going to now is the – gigantic conference in the sec's case once expansion started you would have oklahoma texas you would have a 16 team conference you take the top two tens two two teams at the end of the regular season they play for the championship that's probably the most likely model they would pursue but to me the alignment isn't important is the fact that you're getting more sec games uh i think that i think that's crucial particularly adding Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, there are a lot of SEC fans that want to make a trip to Oklahoma or, or to Austin uh, to see their team play Texas. So I think that's that's critical. Um, as far as the rivalry goes, it's almost as though we're moving past that. Now, one of the possibilities would be that's been discussed is you have three permanent rivals and then everybody else rotates and then that would probably be a nine-game conference schedule. They don't want to go to a 10-game. Some are, some are hesitant to go to a nine-game because you got to have uh, Mississippi State and Kentucky scheduling four opponents non-conference you can beat on their way to a bowl game. But I just think if you go to the uh, – if you kept three permanent rivals, then you could pretty much accommodate everybody with the traditional stuff and I've been covering this league for so long, and, and so I'm very conscious of tradition, but I'm also conscious you've got to keep moving forward. And sometimes when you do that, things get left behind, and you will create new rivalries. Tennessee-Florida didn't used to be a rivalry. It became a rivalry in 1992 when you went to the divisional format. And Tennessee-Alabama, when you think about it, Dave, you talk about if you had one permanent rival if, from a Tennessee perspective, do you want to play Vanderbilt every year or would you rather play Alabama? Now, you like playing Vanderbilt to get that sure win unless Jeremy Pruitt or Butch Jones is coaching your team. But Alabama, 
I mean, that's that's the name team on Tennessee's schedule, and that rivalry runs deep. Well, agreed. Uh, I'll tell you what runs uh, deep. Uh, certainly the menu of Big Orange Phillies. Check them out on Maynardville Pike. Big Orange Phillies, fantastic food. You're going to be blown away by the food and the atmosphere, the family atmosphere. A great just, I would say, a void filled by Big Orange Phillies. As you get out in that Halls and Maynardville area, you've got a place to go with your family, have a good time, have great food. That's Big Orange Phillies. And don't forget Biles Automotive Group with a fantastic selection. I'm going to side on the side of I would keep Alabama. I just can't see that rivalry going away. And admittedly, I was talking to a player, John, who – who grew up a Tennessee fan. His dad played for Tennessee, but he said to him, he may be a little bit different, but the rivalry is still, still very, very significant. I would just hate to see that go away. Am I just being too emotional and not pragmatic? Well, everybody looks at this very subjectively. I mean, there, I think a lot of fans, a couple of years ago, I did a column for the new Sentinel and Knoxnews.com. I did a column on, uh, why Tennessee shouldn't have Alabama as a permanent rival. And in the divisional setup, it's put Tennessee, it puts Tennessee at a disadvantage. You can't deny that. And and the the response to the column was overwhelmingly against it. And I'm used to being in a very small minority sometimes as a columnist. Not but you. I huh? Not you. No, you're in there. <laughs> no. You are never a cynic, nor are you ever criticized. But but here's the thing, Dave. If you don't, if you if you're pl- trying to win a division championship, Georgia plays Auburn. That's their traditional program, uh, traditional rival. Uh, would you rather play Auburn every year? Or would you rather play Alabama? Florida's another usually a, a candidate for the for winning the division uh florida plays i guess uh lsu and lsu's been really good at times but still when you look at it over the course of the nick saban era which goes back to 2007 having to play alabama every year puts tennessee at a significant competitive disadvantage true it, so but the fans don't see it that way a lot of the fans don't. They want to play Alabama. And they the, go ahead. Let me, play the, let me play the flip side here for just uh-huh. a second, though, John. I think the players want to play Alabama, too. Prospects want to play Alabama. So from a recruiting perspective, never forgetting my roots, I, I think if, if you somehow were in a situation where you didn't play Alabama – once every three years, and I pick three instead of four or five because every player thinks they're going to the NFL after three years. Sure. So, yeah, no, it's just a given. So, if you're not playing Alabama in three years, I think it could hurt you in recruiting. Uh, not if you're throwing around some NIL money. Well, okay. This is a different era. Maybe in the Fair. old days when you had to – when you had to slip them a bag full of cash, uh, have those $200 handshakes, maybe it would have mattered. But I, I think now it uh, that's kind of the wild card in this. But here's the thing about it. One of the reasons a lot of guys want to play in the SEC, let's just say they aren't recruiting. Mean, 
if you try to get to the NFL, Alabama's really the way to go. Sure. I mean, we ha- with Nick Saban there, we have a history of that. All these different positions, it doesn't matter if you're an outside linebacker, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive tackle, whatever. They're just all going in droves to the NFL. So you'd want to play there. And there's the advantage of it at Alabama. You're competing every day and practicing against the very best players. So to your point, yeah, if you can't play for Alabama, playing against them would be a plus because you, if you're uh, if you're an offensive left tackle and you're blocking against uh, if against say Will Anderson of Alabama, you're that's something that huh? You're going to get beat. <laughs> Occasionally, yes, you are. Some more than others, but remember, you said it. Everybody thinks they're going to the NFL in three years. So they think they could block Will Anderson. Yeah. I mean, they watch him on TV saying, yeah, I could block that dude. No, actually you can't, but it's okay to dream. That's what this country was founded on big dreams. So yeah, you, so you compete, you want to show that's a great tape. If you do actually block Will Anderson, show it to the NFL scouts to make you look good. So there's something to be said for that. I mean, otherwise, why would anybody in the world go to Vanderbilt? I mean, the one selling point that Vanderbilt has to me is it, well, you're in the SEC. Yeah. Sort sort of. I mean, you 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 play under the SEC banner and you play all these SEC teams. So you can you can prove yourself against the very best. So it's uh I just think when you talk about rivalries, in-state rivalries, Tennessee and Vanderbilt is kind of unusual. I mean, you have Auburn and Alabama. That's meaningful. Um, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, certainly meaningful. But fans would like to get the W. But I think if you poll fans, they would rather play Alabama every year. If you poll Tennessee fans, play Alabama every year, not Vanderbilt. But do you agree? Do you think that? Or do they want that I, W? Yeah, I think you have to get into the and we're you know seventy plus range before you get to people that care really truly about Alabama or sixty five plus. Um, I'm sorry, Vanderbilt. Excuse me. I think it's kind of subdivided. Um, you have people that are a little bit older that think of Vanderbilt still as a rival. Um, probably people a little bit younger my age that look at Alabama's arrival. Then you have people my age and a little bit younger that look at Florida. And then I don't, I don't know what has happened over the past 10 years, but I don't know who the rival is, but I, I think the Vanderbilt could drop off and nobody is going to say, woe is me except for four or five people. But I, I just don't think Vanderbilt dropping off the schedule makes it less appealing from a fan perspective. I do think this, I think, it obviously takes away an, an easy SEC win. Well, theoretically. Okay. That's well, yeah, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, that there's a lot to be said for that. I, I just uh, I did a I did a survey with my email group on knoxnews.com once and dot com once when I asked uh, do you think the Vanderbilt belongs in the SEC? Would you rather just give uh kick Vanderbilt to the curb and and get a more competitive program. And I was surprised uh, more people said, no, we, we would like to have Vanderbilt in the sec. And it wasn't just because that's a win in football on most occasions. 
and they cited uh, they cited tradition and they cited uh, you know it's a state rival and all that kind of stuff. I was really f- surprised because I hear from a lot of people it's like, why is Vanderbilt in the SEC? Yeah, and, and but the survey, which was very unscientific, of course, um, said, yeah, we want Vanderbilt around not just to beat up on them. It does have a good baseball program, but it's not that competitive in basketball right now. Um, true. Uh, speaking of baseball, a great place to watch the games this weekend will be Big Orange Phillies. Again, great food, family environment. So know that you can take your family there, darts, pool, cornhole, right there on Maynardville Pike in Halls. Big Orange Phillies. You can find them on Facebook and want to be sure and thank Vols Automotive. They have cars. It is awesome. They really have cars. Vols Automotive. I was just there. They want, need, and appreciate your business. So check them out at VilesAutomotive.com. The it, We could get into a three-hour discussion of, of, of NIL and the changes that are coming. But again, I want to make it Commissioner John. Okay, so Commissioner John... What say you? You have the final say in in aisle. Uh, I hear a lot of administrators and uh, coaches now refer to NIL in the transfer era as the wild, wild west. That happened before. <laughs> well, it's a uh, college administrators and coaches are all about a control and they're losing control. Um, in the NCAA, it's just kind of a it's pretty much toothless now. It can't win in court. It's going to get hammered in court. So it kind of is a wild, wild west, and teams are using NIL as a as a recruiting inducement. Even though it wasn't planned that way, really, what did you think would happen? I mean, come on. If I were commissioner, I would preside over the wild, wild west very proudly, and I would just say, go for it, guys. Just go for it. I don't really care when your NIL deal was consummated, if you use it as a, I've never had a problem with if somebody wants to give somebody else money, what's wrong with that? Okay. (laughs) I've got no issue with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you want to give me $300 for a column, fine. Good for you. Let's uh, you're my new best friend, but I, I just, so it's, and that's why we've always had under the table deals. You're not breaking the law if no. you want to hand somebody five hundred dollars or you write him a you're check. Breaking, did. You're not breaking anything ethical either, other than the players. If you want to nitpick, they do when their scholarship papers. They say they're not going to accept money. Well, here here's the thing: if you you don't have to just give it. You can say, "Yeah, I'm paying them fifty thousand dollars to mow my lawn." I'm paying them a hundred thousand dollars to rake my leaves. Well, that's a, you know, that's a, a negotiated price. What's wrong with that? And so now that the NIL is here, it's we're all about that. I would just let the I would just let the free market run free. And if one school has a collective, the liaison between the recruits and between the um, between the schools, so to speak and their collective is more aggressive, and their collective and these boosters are willing to spend more to support their team, to finance their program, I don't have a problem. I wouldn't have a problem with that as a commissioner. I think we'd all – if I were commissioner, 
everybody would make a lot more money and have a lot more fun. Yeah, and John, here's here's the bottom line. It's, it's going. I agree with you 100%. It's going to settle itself out. The market will bear what the market will bear. Uh, the bottom line is we're in a better spot, in my opinion. I know a lot of people disagree with me. I think we're in a better spot because players are getting some money and what they're worth. And you said something a moment ago. Uh, the verbiage kind of bothers me that I hear for a lot if they want to support their team. Now, I think the players, and they are a part of what we do at offthehooksports.com, I think the players are worth that. I don't think it's purely, not sure that's part of it. You, it when you start gambling on a five-star quarterback out of California, and if he's really getting the millions of dollars like he's supposed to, then that's different. But the players that have proven themselves and that their appearance – a, an advertiser deems worthy. Um, I think that's worth. I don't think that's supporting. I think NIL are two different things right now, if that makes sense. Well, I think when I say supporting, you're indirectly supporting them. Sure. Uh, I mean, so uh, however you want, however you want to phrase it. I mean, it can work to the advantage of, of both, of, of both the program and the player. Um, it's going to be, I think the challenges, we've already seen some challenges, but one of the challenges of this is we talk about control, you're losing control, is controlling the locker room. You mentioned if there really is a million-dollar quarterback and he comes in as a freshman, he's never proven himself, and you got uh, an all-senior offensive line blocking for this dude, um, are they going to want some money too? And he's getting a million dollars. Uh, some people think this was that will absolutely poison a locker room. When you have some guys making a lot of money, there's no scale here. You know, in the NFL, yeah, everybody's making money. And, the uh, uh, you know, the linebacker knows he's probably not going to make as much as his quarterback. But they're all, get, they're all making plenty of money. So it's not a factor there. But at the college level, level if the quarterback's getting a million dollars, and the guys blocking for him may not be getting anything other than a scholarship. That could create I, that, huh? Well, no, that's that's true. But the players I've talked to now, they they understand it just like the NFL level. I think it's steroids for a locker room. I think, and that's poor poor analogy, but Very I do poor. think it's yeah, I do think it's steroids for a locker room. I think that if you have a semi toxic culture, it's going to make it much worse. If you have a good culture, knowing that you're picking up these guys, it's going to make it better. Again, it comes down to the individual. We can't just do a broad stroke of how people are going to react. But I, I haven't gotten that response from players, to be real honest with you. If there's any sort of resentment if Hendon Hooker's making a million dollars a year. I, I just haven't seen that. But, Dave, here, here's the thing. It's one thing to look at it theoretically as opposed to when it's actually when it's actually transpiring. I mean, the way they view it now, yeah, we're going to get some money too. This thing could work out. I mean, we understand everybody's got his own ability to sort of negotiate. But I think once you get into the reality of a season and you're playing, and a lot of it has to do with how the million-dollar quarterback handles that million dollars. True. It, it, how could he manage it? For example, it, with using Tennessee as an example with Peyton Manning when he was here. 
I mean, when he was a freshman at Tennessee, he probably thought a like he was probably uh, more pragmatic, more practical than and more mature than some guys playing in the NFL. And he wouldn't, I don't think he would, of course, his family had money, but he wouldn't have flaunted his newfound wealth. I don't think he would have brought, he would have bought three cars and parked them all in front of the facility before we went out to practice. I think he would have shared the wealth with his, with his teammates. Uh, and I think that's going to be really crucial is, are these guys mature enough to handle this and think of the big picture? I mean, you want your quarterback to forget the money. Your quarterback needs to be that way anyway. He has to be a leader, whether he's a freshman or a senior, because of his position. How can he manage this? How how can he manage the locker room, and what's the relationship that he maintains with his teammates? I think that's going to be really important. With John Adams and Dave Hooker, the Ball Report brought to you today by Ball's Automotive Group. They have cars. I was there. So you have selection, unlike a lot of other dealerships in town, right there on Callahan and Big Orange, Philly. Check them out. Great food, family environment, easy to find right there on Maynardville Pike. And you're going to love it. 6625 Maynardville Pike, family-friendly, great place to hang out. Follow us on YouTube. Dot com. Please subscribe and check out offthehooksports.com where we'll have some good stuff for you, including paying players, which I never thought I would say as both a journalist and a steward of their eligibility. For John Adams, follow him at the Knoxville News Sentinel. He's one of the best. I'm Dave Hooker. Have a, a fantastic rest of the week. And remember that Viles, they have cars and big orange fillies you're absolutely going to love that place. So this has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.